0: Welcome to the H1B Guy podcast. This is the Documented Dreamer Series Live, Episode 1, hosted by the H1B Guy. This unedited audio only version originally aired on Thursday, January 21st, 2021, on the H1B Guy channel on YouTube. It features contributors from Improvethedream.org, and topics discussed include what is Improvethedream.org? Located outside of the U.S. during a travel ban? Passed to maintaining status after aging out? What being American means? And the recent news of the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021. The H1B God podcast is proudly sponsored by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001. Recruiter Network saves you time and money minimal labor management, and flat job post pricing that provides recruitment websites in 1,024 major U.S. metro areas. Their services include automated certified screenshots, ready for upload, and on-demand storage for life. Recruiternetworks.com. Tell them the H-1B guy sent you. <laughs> Okay, guys, The H1B Guy here, and tonight we have the Documented Dreamers Series Live, episode one, hosted by The H1B Guy. If you haven't already, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe to The H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that we can promote it through the algorithm here on YouTube, and I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention that The H-1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. Tonight's live stream is brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital PERM ads since 2001. If you're new to this channel and you're wondering why the H 1B guy is covering legal childhood arrivals or documented dreamers, that answer is very simple. One of the founding principles and missions of the H 1B guy platform is to bring awareness to employment based immigration benefits. This issue has both a direct and indirect impact in that regard. So, first things first, if you have a documented dreamer dependent, that's a legal childhood arrival under the age of 21, but no matter their current age, please go to the um, improve the dream.org slash survey. Tonight, we're not gonna do our usual long form Q and A uh, as we typically do here on these live streams. But what I would like for you to do is to comment Uh, For those of you watching, if you're impacted by this issue, please put your story in the comments so that we can put it out there for everyone to be aware of how this is impacting not only kids, but their families. I was introduced to these young adults, a.k.a. kids that you're going to meet via their parents who asked me to help advise them on a plan for advocacy for children that are aging out. So I want to give a special thank you to Vivek, Nitin, Raj, and Sanji for trusting me to bring this issue to life. So without any further ado, I want to ish- introduce you to these dreamers here tonight. Um, so I want to start with Deep. Deep, how you doing? All right, Deep, I think you're you're on mute. Go ahead. Go again. Doing good. Thanks for having us. Awesome, awesome. Summer, how are you?
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Summer. Vishal, how are you? Oh, you're on mute. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us on. Awesome. Thank you, Vishal. Appreciate you joining us. Palami, how are you?
2: I'm good. Looking forward to today's panel.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, closing up with the with Nog, how are you? Hey, Rob. Hey, everybody. Great to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I just wanted to say I'm just really excited to have the five of you on. Um, you know, we already have almost 60 people watching this stream. So, you know, what that tells me is that I think we might break a record here tonight on the H1B Guy channel. My record is 80 uh, for one session live stream. So let's see if we can get that number over 100. I'm i I'm fairly confident. That that's going to happen. So if you're watching the stream, please like this video um, so that we can continue to promote the algorithm. As I mentioned earlier, if you haven't already, go to improvethedream.org/survey. If you have a documented dreamer that's a kid under the age of 21, improvethedream.org needs your help and I'll post that link in the comments here in the chat um, in a few seconds. But what we're going to do is we're going to go around the horn here we're just going to ask um you know some very individual questions so that you can get to know each of these kids then we're going to do a rapid fire group session as i mentioned if you're impacted by this issue we're not going to do a QA, but i would like to highlight some of those stories please post your situation in the chat all right so we're going to go ahead and I'm just going to kick it off and, and move right to, to deep. And, and as some of you have have met, um, you know, deep already through uh, the H1B guy introduces the documented dreamer series, uh, you know, deep is the founder behind ImproveTheDream.org. So deep, if you can tell us, you know, why and how did improve the get started?
3: Absolutely. Uh, So uh, two years ago, um, I started Improve the Dream to really start bringing awareness to um, children who grow up uh, in this country with, um, you know, were brought here, documented, grew up in the country, and they're aging out at uh, 21 years of age. And it's something that really isn't covered um, in the media. People aren't aware of it. I think um, the common uh, person really doesn't even know it's possible to um, grow up uh, legally and be here for 10, 15, over 20 years and still not have a path to permanent residence. So I started Improve the Dream with a vision that uh, all children, whether undocumented or documented, who grow up in the United States should have a clear path to citizenship. And with that, we're trying to bring awareness of these excluded individuals who aren't qualifying for programs like DACA or the DREAM Act so that uh, we can achieve the goal of uh, all of us, like basically all of us who grew up here, qualifying for future programs that include those people.
0: And you said uh, that started a couple of years ago. Is that right? So, 18? When when did it yes. start? Uh, early to early twenty nineteen. Early twenty nineteen. Yeah. And you know, I haven't asked you this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Is it uh, is it nonprofit? Are you taking financial contributions? Are you doing? Have you have you gotten that far yet?
3: No, it, it is it is nonprofit, but I haven't ever uh, taken financial con- contributions. So it's completely volunteer work.
0: Okay. And is there any plans as, as you continue this advocacy? Or, are we looking at doing some sort of, you know, fundraising efforts? I, I know we really want folks to go again to improve the slash survey. Um, and as I've promoted improve, improve the dream.org slash take action. Um, but is, is there any plans for that in the future? And I just want folks to be prepared for when I hit them on Twitter that this is time for you to put your dollars where your, your tweets are. Um, I, I want them to be prepared for that in the future, right? So can, can you give me any insight on, on what those plans are? Yeah, so
3: there isn't um, any uh, plan made for anything like that, but I really think uh, you know there's power in the numbers. So if we can get uh, lots of young people involved, I don't think we really need uh, like big amounts of money or anything like that. If we can get people involved reaching out to their um, congressional offices. And uh, one thing we're doing is we, we've we started a uh, Slack group, which, uh, which if your kids complete that survey that uh, Rob mentioned earlier, uh, we'll send them a link and we're working together to reach out to congressional offices. So I think like different things that we do um, can raise our voices. Uh, but it's something that we can consider in the future if necessary.
0: You know, I, um, I, I just continue to be amazed by you deep and your knowledge and, and just everything that, that you've done, you know, so far, and, you know, I, we're already almost at 90 streamers right now. So we've set a record here on this channel, literally in a matter of, of 10 minutes, um, why because this is an issue that is a problem and one of you went through being outside of the country um you know during you know the travel ban and you know the f1 sort of you have to be on site and so you know i want to move over to summer and summer you've recently aged out and you went through a change of status, where you were also caught up in, in this, you know, F1 travel ban. Walk me through that timeline of of when you aged out, went through changing status, were outside of the country with this sort of uncertainty of reentry, waiting for approval, waiting to get back to your, your soccer club, your university soccer team. What was that like for you?
1: it was unreal honestly it's really crazy looking back on it how it all worked out it was a day that i knew was coming ever since we moved to america i was only a year old when we moved so it always seemed like it was really far in the future and all of a sudden it was just it was just here this summer and honestly probably at the one of the worst times that it possibly could have been um going back to england um, i have a bunch of extended family there but it's it's not my home. It's not where I've grown up. It's not what I know. So going there was really different, um, especially in a pandemic. Everything is a lot more reserved. There is travel bans. I knew that I was going to get to England, but I didn't know if it was going to go into an extra lockdown and then I wasn't going to be able to get to the embassy to then complete the F1 process. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get back to America to Get back to my university, like you said. I'm on the soccer team, so we had preseason starting early August. Um, I had my my visa um, embassy appointment got rescheduled three times, so it was like, you know, Coach, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'll be back in a month. I don't know if I'll be back in two months. I don't know if I'll be back at all ever. Um, and so that was really sp- stressful, especially having an incomplete degree as well. Um, I haven't finished college. I graduate in April, which is really exciting. But there was just so many unknowns, um, and so many unknowns that were added with, with COVID. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very stressful, very scary time this summer.
0: Walk me through what, what that appointment process was like you know you said it was rescheduled three times when you finally got the notice that hey you know dates booked it's it's set you know you show up what what was the questioning like because there was a lot of heightened sort of anxiety if we go back and look at you know June July August and, and a lot of the communication that was going on it just seemed like we were on edge as as a country, right? We were going through the the Democratic National Convention, the Republican National Convention, all that was around the time that you were trying to get back in the country to get back to school. What what was that appointment process like?
1: Um, So once I did finally have my appointment, um, I literally left the next day. I booked a flight that night and I, I left that morning, the next morning um and then i had to quarantine for two weeks once i arrived in england um and then after arriving and doing my quarantine i was able to go to the embassy in london which was a a decent drive from where i was staying um and even the embassy was on heightened security with covid they weren't having as many as appointments people were spaced out social distancing masks which makes interviews a lot harder because Interviews aren't just about what you're saying. They're also about body language and presentation and all of those kinds of things. Um, so once there's two parts to that process, um, there's your interview and then your, your documentation part. Um, so that was definitely stressful going through all of those processes. Um, and then coming back also, like you said, with the US going through all those different conventions and then also they have a travel ban. So trying to at both airports I had questioning of are you essential? Like I we're not sure. We have to check with our manager. We have to check with this person. And there was just a lot more hoops to jump through than I ever expected there to be.
0: Yeah, and this just a fight to get back in the country to get back to what you know. I mean, as you said, twenty years of, of your life and and that's I think for a lot of the common Americans that's just something that's so unfathomable for us is to be outside of the country, not being able to get back into what we know is our our home. Um, Wanted to ask you if you're currently watching this video, you know, please like this video. Uh, We are over 107 and counting now, guys. So I mean, let's just keep going. Let's like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, subscribe to improve the dream on YouTube. Um, their Twitter handle, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, improve survey, uh, make sure that, that you hit that site. Um, so I want to move on to, uh, Vishal and, and Vishal, you have a story that really fits directly into what I talk about here on this channel. And a lot of it is STEM based recruitment. That's how I got into this H1B world. You know, you've currently aged out, Um, you're on an F1 getting your master's in cybersecurity. I mean, I don't think you could pick a hotter subject to study right now. I mean, you're basically going to graduate and have probably three or four offers in hand before you graduate. But once you graduate, you're eligible for an OPT EAD. And then you're also eligible for an OPT EAD STEM extension. This is going to give you 36 months before then you're most likely gonna age into an expiration of your EAD STEM and have to move into what I call the H1B cycle, which is you need an employer to sponsor you in the cap lottery. How does that make you feel in terms of knowing that that is the defined path for you? And if it's not the H1B path, then what other options are you considering?
4: Yeah, Rob, thank you for that. Um, So, you know, as a person with, I guess, like really big expectations for myself and really ambitious goals, um, it feels really demotivating and, I guess, discouraging to say. Uh, It it makes me feel like everything that I've worked towards in the past few years was pointless because no matter what I do, um, no matter what um, job I apply for, no matter what opportunity that I get, um, I'll be judged for, you know, where I was born instead of like the skills and accomplishment, accomplishments that I have. Um, you know, throughout my time in college, um, I've been treated like an international student every step of the way, you know, being asked to maintain a certain status, follow certain rules, fill out long unnecessary paperwork that's, you know, meant for foreign students, you know, not for a person who spent their whole life here. Um, you know, my parents also had to pay out of pocket just to get me here to where I am today, through college, and even after everything that I've worked for, you know, I feel like my opportunities to find a job, to, you know, to repay them at least, you know, to, to do that would be really limited. And you know, um, after graduation, my opportunities are slim because not only do I have to find an employer who is willing to hire an international student and go through all those legal matters with me, but you know. I have to find an employer that, you know, who's willing to sponsor me and pay me wages that is, you know, that are out of the standard for an entry-level role. You know, after like you said, after my OPT expires, um, I have to go through the whole H-1B process, which, you know, after seeing my father go through it, it makes me laugh because, you know, it means that by the time, you know, I get a citizenship, I'll be a grandpa, you know, that's what it, that's what it is. And you know, when I think about it, I've lost hope in ever being able to call or in the place that I've grown up in, a home, you know. I've considered other options, like moving to Canada, um, finding a job there, um, getting a Canadian citizenship and coming back here, but just that timeline and just the, the whole process of it, you know, leaving your friends behind, your family behind just doesn't attract me. Um, or, you know, I've also thought about going back to India permanently but you know that's not what i want you know that's that's not what i've i've hoped for you know i i didn't live uh you know 15 plus years here just to go back to to india where a place where i would feel like i'm left out you know that's not i i don't know the culture there fully i wouldn't fit in perfectly and i don't want to be separated from my family and friends you know this is my home and if i have to fight to stay here then i will
0: yeah, and I think that that means that it's a willingness to go into the cycle to where you're tied to an employer. Yeah. And that employer dictates your job requirements, your compensation when you're paid, the benefits that you're offered. And what that takes away is is some freedom yep. from you. And listen, I'm a big proponent of the H-1B visa. I wouldn't be the H-1B guy if I wasn't. But I think that the way that it currently is set up, there's a lot of the negativity in terms of, you know, the cheap labor debate, the displacing of American workers. Yes, that happens. But Vishal, I look at somebody like you. Your parents came here on a work visa. You are US educated in a tech school for bachelor's and going to graduate from a master's. Why? in God's green earth, would we wanna put you into the H1B cycle other than for control? And that is the part of the concept of what the H1B is supposed to be and how it's intended to work that bothers me. And that's why I talk about this. And that's why you are one of the prime examples of why this is a problem because you, should have an EAD or some sort of W 2 work authorization so that when you graduate, you're not worried about what happens in 36 months. And that's where the system is broken. Yeah. So I wanted to move on to Palami because the last, the first three folks that we talked to Deep, Summer, and Vishal have aged out. But Palami and Anag, who are going to speak next, have not and so palami you're a freshman um at the university of arizona and you know you're already having to think about aging out and what your plan will be and i know in the introductions we talked about you know um you're 18 but yet you know this three years really how quickly 36 months can go by and and what that's creating you to start beginning to think about what are you considering right now what are what are your options i'm assuming f1 but then after that you know what what where are you in terms of your current considerations
2: so um you know starting in high school i've always been interested in medicine and research so my plan after college was to go to med school which is obviously a lot more difficult as an international student and um, i was hoping by the time i turned 21 obviously there would be legislation out there that could protect me and protect my status here uh but if not i will be switching to an f1 visa and uh, hopefully that will last me all four years of med school. And then, you know, there's an alternative to that too. If med school isn't the way I go, I do want to also look into graduate school. I am studying public health and getting a master's in public health is very appealing. Um, But then after the F1 visa, I guess what I'll be entering is the H1B cycle, like you mentioned before, um, in a situation that Michelle is currently facing.
0: And I think, you know, what's interesting uh, about that is is you start to look at what are your options. Right. And, you know, I think you you said you came here when you were five, I believe.
2: Six, Yeah.
0: Six. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 12 years, um, you know, and here you are, you're going, wait, I've been here 12 years. Now these next three years feel like. I'm running in a circle, you know, because you just, you don't know which way to go other than you know that there's already this defined path, which is F1 to OPTEAD to H, right? And the good thing about med here, the med field for you, uh, is that that does have a little different path, right? You could go the exempt H1 path. Um, which, you know, non-profit designation gives you a little flexibility there, uh, but it still is H1, meaning it's still employment-based. When you've been here 12 years, your parents came on employment-based and they're stuck in green card backlog, right? And so there's no reason for you not to have work authorization past 21. It just creates the cycle that, that we can certainly talk about here so i wanted to move on to a nog i I haven't um i haven't shared this yet but for anyone who watched uh the h1b guy introduces the documented dreamer series um as those of you who've watched this channel for any amount of time know i'm learning how to edit my own videos very slowly to process for somebody who's over 40 okay just for the record um but as i always talk about i started the h1b guy with an iphone and a chromebook so i've come a long way um but what i will tell you is that we came up i came up with this crazy idea to do a bunch of one-shot videos and splice them all together and uh i sent it out to, to everyone who's who's here on on the stream today and uh a, a knock said hey do you mind can you send me the video I want to clean this up. And this is after I'd already talked to Palame about, hey, maybe helping. And I just said, I'm going to try to figure out how to do this. So I send, I say, hey, you know, I can't send it to you, but why don't I just give you my login? And why don't you, you know, he's like, okay. So he texts me like literally a couple hours later. He's like, video's done. I just realized that you have the job shared. He literally like, went back through, recreated and edited the whole video. And I had like the the work there in place, but I told him, I said, listen, you're going to have to take some time to show me how to do some of that because I am learning. But what he did and what I did were totally two different things. And I just was so proud of how that came out. So I want to say thank you, first of all, for doing that. But you are next on the list here to age out and You know biomedical the ohio state university um you know and and just your passion for where you want to go i think comes out it's come out in my conversations with you um it's come out in your willingness just to jump right in and you know say hey can i do this and so you know i guess the question for you is you know i'm assuming you're going to take the f1 approach as well um, but when do you age out and what are the options that, that you are currently considering? You're on mute. Go ahead. Mute. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Um,
5: yeah. First of all, I'm just going to echo that. Thank you. Right back at you, Rob, because, um, I mean, without you, this wouldn't have been possible and we're getting our voices out there. So I think you definitely deserve that. Thanks. But um, to your question, yeah, I recently turned 20 um, early January. And I don't know, 20 has always seemed like such a huge milestone, but this year it was definitely um, a little bit more bittersweet. Um, 21 is definitely even bigger of a milestone, but that'll be kind of that date when I officially age out. And so I have pretty much just one year left and give or take a couple of months before I'm forced to make a big decision um, so currently the plan is definitely to look into that F-1 option, but um, that also comes with a couple of problems because um, apparently, and I just talked to um, like a couple of officials on this, and um, if you apply for an F-1, it can sometimes get rejected if you don't show your intent to leave the country at the end of your F-1 expiring. So because I'm in that green card process with my family right now, Um, my F1 application could actually get denied. So it's kind of like an endless loop there. But um, there are also a couple of other problems that go with getting an F1. And I've been talking to Ohio State about it. Um, That's where I go. And the administration has been extremely sympathetic to my situation, but ultimately they've been like, oh, um, I'm sorry, like we just can't do anything about it because it's a government law that they can't really go against. But, Yeah, one of the biggest problems is definitely potentially tuition. Um, I currently play in-state tuition and a lot of times when you convert to an F1 and you officially become that international student, you have to pay out of state. And so for Ohio state, that means $20,000 every year extra just with tuition. And, um, that's definitely something that's to put it lightly, very suboptimal. So I'm not looking forward to that if that has to happen um also the timeline for an f1 is sometimes problematic um this people that i've talked to have said that it can take pretty much at least nowadays it's taking around a year so um on the off chance that that application doesn't go through and everything doesn't work out by the time i age out i might have to face um several other problems um and then that last thing of course is um in the long term. So again, just like Polo me, my plan is to go to med school. But um, like she said, the chances of getting into med school are much more difficult if you're considered an international student. That number is around eight percent admission um, compared to a forty percent. So um, like Vishal said, it's pretty demotivating to see that even though I'm doing all that I can, and um, I'm so involved, and I try to give back to my community. Um, at most, I have that one fifth chance of getting into a med school. So um, that's definitely had me just sit down some days and just think about that for a long time. And um, it's pretty depressing to think about. And um, finally, my other option is to get into that H one B cycle, whether that's after that um, after med school or before. But um, again, trying to think about that is also. Like that's obviously not the best option. So um, all the roads forward, unless there's some change seem to be like pretty dark.
0: You know, what's, uh, sorry, didn't mean to do that there. Um, what's what's interesting that I hadn't thought about that you, a point that you just hit and and I, I, I want to drive this point home. And um, I, uh, my wife and I, followed dave ramsey and we worked the baby steps starting back in 2013 and and i don't want to get off on you know a financial piece tangent but you said something that i hadn't even thought about anog and that is as an f1 student the cost of tuition and what that creates is debt instantly right i mean it just is amazing that here we are, not only are we telling you that you can't continue to maintain your current status, but now we're going to triple your tuition and yeah, we're sympathetic to your problem, but uh, here's $25,000 for, you know, this year. And I think that that, wow. I mean, listen, we don't need to be accumulating debt in our young adults, right? I think that if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's money management at a younger age so that we don't continue the cycle that a lot of folks have found themselves in um, here recently where they can't pay their bills because they're above their eyeballs in debt, right? And so I hadn't really thought about that and that's just a great point that I think needs to be part of the conversation. Is that here I am, you know, paying in-state tuition. Now I am an F1 paying international student tuition, right?
1: I'd like to add to that really quick as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, one thing that I found that was similar to Anag is I was told all through my schooling is that I'm just like everybody else. I'll be okay Um, When it comes to paying tuition, I'll be okay when it comes to applying for scholarships and getting that money to help me pay for tuition until it came to my senior year and I turned in all those applications and I was denied because I wasn't a US citizen and I didn't have a green card. So now my tuition bill is higher, but I don't have like I, I spent 20 years of my life in the same town and I. I did the community service, I was involved in my community, I was involved with kids, I was involved with old people, I was involved with middle-aged people from wealthy to not wealthy. I was involved in sports teams, in clubs and music and sports. I did everything that a regular American kid would do and yet I didn't get the scholarships that I was expected to just because my status was different than the person standing next to me with the same resume
0: yeah and i, I that's the part of all of this that, you know and, and we're gonna we'll get into this a little bit more that, that just resonates is that it's the only life that all of you have known um and i think that that's the the piece of it that that really misses so um we're gonna move on into our group QA where we're just gonna I'm gonna put out some comments and questions and have you all just jump in and I'll do my best to, to manage as, as you jump in. Um, but I'm gonna ask everyone who's currently watching if you haven't already to please like this video, subscribe to the HMB guy channel here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to Improve the Dream uh, on YouTube, follow them on Twitter, follow them on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and but most importantly improve the dream.org survey. Um, and there is also a Slack channel. I'm gonna put this in here too. Do you want, Deep, do you want me to paste this link into the chat, the Slack? Yeah, you can, you can go ahead and do that, yeah. So, uh, sorry guys, we're I'm learning how to drive uh, with more than just myself and one other. So um, here it is, it's a pretty long link, it's in the chat. But this is for kids only, correct, Deep? That's correct. Yes. Documented Dreamer kids on the Slack channel here. So if you're watching this and you have um, a documented dreamer kid, 21 years of age or less, uh, please make sure that they are on the Slack channel for communication um, in the group. And so you know, yesterday was a huge day here in this country. I mean, you know, inaugurations, I remember as a kid in elementary school, uh, they're such a big part of, of who we are. And you see those flags hanging out behind uh, the president. And, you know, uh, so help me God, right? And, um, you know, the thing that I think I want to bring up here is that a few days earlier, a lot of murmur started to happen about a big immigration bill. Um, rumors started happening on Tuesday uh, that Senator Bob Menendez from New Jersey was going to be named sponsor in the Senate. Uh, a lot of rumors about what it was going to be included. Very vague, ambiguous language, specifically. I, I said that on Tuesday. And until we can read the fine print, it's just hearsay to me, really, what it is. I'm not saying that I'm not confident that something's going to happen. Um, very clearly something is right. Uh, but let's make sure that we read the language. But what I found very interesting is that yesterday morning, um, on the buildbackbetter.org website, there was a quick link that came up and, and then that disappeared later in the day. And it redirected just to the whitehouse.gov. But what was included in that was a fact sheet. And so it named the U S citizenship act of 2021. And I want to read this one sentence from it that really stuck out to me. That's very relevant to our conversation. So it starts where it talks about undocumented at the very beginning. But then later on, it gets to reference for H-1Bs. And it says the bill provides dependents of H-1B visa holders, work authorization and children are prevented from aging out of the system. And so, Deep, I know you've got some opinions on that. I know all, all five of you do. And so I just want to kind of go around the horn here and, and give you each a couple minutes here on, on what your thoughts are around this. Uh, so I'm going to start with Deep and then whoever just jump in and I'll, I'll bring you up. So uh, first,
3: I think it's a little unfortunate that whenever, you know, we're talking about these issues, uh, especially like about kids who came here uh, as children and grew up in the country, it always seems like you know, within the policies, they're like dividing up groups, like there's no need to divide up whether, you know, someone's undocumented or documented, especially when it comes to kids. And then, um, like you said, like in the policy, it seems like uh, until we see the text, we don't know, but it seems like uh, dependents of H-1B would receive uh, work authorization, which they should, but so should um, children of other non-immigrants. So I hope uh, in the final text, those things are taken care of. Um, And uh, just in general, it's getting back to the point where um, I believe that uh, the bill is going to have an accelerated path to citizenship for DACA recipients um, and other DREAMers uh, who uh, were brought here as children as well. Uh, But unfortunately, it seems like those sections are going to leave out those who have some sort of status, which would be us. So even though everyone here on this call and uh, many of the 200,000 plus documented dreamers in America would have qualified uh, for DACA had we not had status back in 2012, we might not get that accelerated path to citizenship. So I think regardless of what happens to this bill, whether it's this bill that moves, which seems like it's gonna be unlikely for this to actually become law, but whether like it's gonna be parts of it that become law, um, whether there's gonna be some sort of a dreamer uh, bill later this year that's focused on that issue. I think it's absolutely necessary that we are included in that because uh, I think uh, it just just doesn't make sense. (laughs)
0: You know, I, I agree, and I think that that's one of the things where it just specifically singled out H one B, but that's where it's ambiguous in terms of the language because we don't know if other dependents are going to be covered in that. We make assumptions. Um, I, I know there's some comments about the feedback in the chat. I think we got that resolved. I'm not hearing it now. Um, if you guys still are, can you drop a comment in uh, the chat? Let me uh, let me know if it's still going on or not. I, I think we got it. Got it figured out here. Um, but anyone else want to comment on work authorization for dependents and, and children? Just go ahead, jump in and I'll, I'll pull you up from her. I think you want to say something.
1: Yeah, I think what just reiterating what Deep said about how there shouldn't be any departmentalization of kids that have grown up here, whether they are documented or undocumented where they came on one visa or another we're all equal in that sense of, this is our home and this is all we've ever known. So protecting us is just as important as the next visa. Um, And work authorization would allow us to, if we can't have that in-state tuition, we can't have um, those scholarships, then how are we supposed to help our parents pay those tuition bills? Um, Like all the other kids can help their parents pay for tuition and housing and all Of those things as well, so work authorization would change the game completely.
4: Yeah, it's that. I think, I think you know, bringing the discussion up about immigration like reform is the good step. And I'm glad that the current administration uh, took that step to bring up like the immigration issues that are happening right now uh, in America. But, like, deep in Somerset, you know, there's still a lot of reform that needs to be made to those bills, but I think at least it's a good start just to bring attention to, you know, all the silent discrimination that's going on right now, but, you know, we'll continue to work towards, you know, getting that bill reformed and, you know, just getting the, just getting the voice of people that are in our situation out there.
0: You know, it's interesting about the the work authorization, because there's I'm going to make two very quick points, and then I want to see if Palami or or Anag had anything to say on this. Um, But I'm going to use Anag as an example here. Um, So first of all, I met my wife while working in college. We sold shoes in a mall together. So, you know, unfortunately, that's fate for us. Right. Uh, Fortunately for me, unfortunately for her. you know, that she couldn't get away from me because we worked together, but I couldn't pay a Nog to edit my videos if I wanted to hire him right now. And that is a problem because here's somebody who has a skill. I could use his service, right? But I can't pay him I was a W-2 employee of the H-1B guy um, because he doesn't have work authorization. And so, you know, Anag Palami, I wanted to, to kick it over to, to, to you two to, to hit this question, you know, still talking about H-1B dependence and and kids aging out and not only it it just being about you guys.
2: So actually just going off of what you said about work authorization, there's actually something quite relevant happening that has happened to me. Um, So like Anag was saying, he may have to pay out of state tuition once he switches over to an F1 visa. I don't have in-state tuition here in Arizona. Um, I'm actually very lucky to have gotten a scholarship that helped pay for College here, but it is still not, you know, enough to meet it at the level of my peers who are citizens or green card holders. But going off of the work authorization thing, I actually had a situation where um, I was interning for a nonprofit. Um, it was a civic engagement-based nonprofit in Arizona. So it's kind of ironic that I was trying to get other people to register to vote during election season when I couldn't vote. And a friend of mine was also interning, and you know, she was getting paid. And my internship advisor was like, well, I, you know, I want to pay you, but I can't pay you. And it just goes into this like loop that someone was talking about, like tuition is extremely high and there's just no way to undercut that cost on our ends, at least.
0: Yeah. And I understand universities, while they may be not for profit, they prophesize off of you. They just do. They don't build the stadiums that they build and the education colleges that they build without your tuition and and very large donations, right? So Anag?
5: Yeah, um, just to add on to that a little bit, um, of course, getting paid is a huge part of not having work, work authorization. But one part that might go a little bit uh, forgotten is the idea that a lot of jobs required those kind of internships in college. For example, um, this just freshman year, I got really into consulting and I joined a consulting club and I got into leadership and I was really involved in that club. And uh, some of the plans that I was making was potentially after college, uh, take a break for a couple of years, go work at consulting firms and then, um, then go into med school. And that's a path that other people have taken. But the problem is that in order to get into a good um, consulting firm that may potentially fund your graduate school, you need to have internships, your sophomore and your junior year. And um, those internships that you need at like other consulting companies, smaller consulting companies, or um, other companies in general, they don't offer unpaid internships at all. So um, many career options in general are just completely cut off from us because um, we can't even try to get those internships. And so no matter how qualified we may be, we just can't get that experience that's necessary to um, actually get the job that we want. Um, But going back and talking about the current legislation, Um, If you talked to me before I met any of these people, then I might've been happy with it. But the problem is that I definitely talk to so many people now and I've heard all of their stories. And after hearing all of this, there's no way that I can be satisfied with a solution that just helps me or just helps a couple of us and ignores half of us, even though half half of us are equally qualified to um, benefit from the legislation. So no matter whether this passes or not, um, I can say with certainty that I won't be done. Um, all of us will continue working for a better solution.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that, that I decided back in July when this thing became much more bigger than me just talking about the H-1B visa is, is this concept of equality and that it just kept growing in terms of this problem and that, Wow. And then I look at a quality for you know, we, we not to derail the S386 conversation, but there was a gap. And that's how I got involved with some of your parents. Is that there was a gap of two years where some kids weren't going to be covered. And you know, that leads me to why this is so important. Because I think the thing that resonates with me most, and that most of you grew up and have been here more than ten years. We've talked about that. Summer's been here twenty, um, but while you weren't born here, most of you and and I watched the video on "Improve the Dream." Uh, the concept of "can't dream" literally had tears welling up in my eyes because all of you identify as American not necessarily your country of birth and this is not intended to be politically incorrect but when we look at the oral conversation that we're having here and no offense to summer but she has the thickest accent of the group i think that that says a lot right and it really shows that you are american and so to me that's where the problem is. And, and that's where this whole concept of improve the dream just really hits me to my core. So help me understand, what does being American mean to you?
4: Um, I guess I can go. Um, so, I mean, for me, I guess um, being an American to me is about like, just putting our differences aside and embracing each other for who we are. Um, I think that the United States um, was and will continue to be a nation of immigrants, um, the melting pot that we always talk about. And that's what makes it so great, right? You know, you see a mix of cultures and traditions wherever you go. And, you know, you wouldn't see this anywhere else. And to me, it's about being able to be, uh, be able to contribute to that and to be able to achieve, you know, whatever you want, as long as you work hard enough for it. And that's, that's what's really, you know, that's what America really sends out to me. So that's the land of opportunities and dreams. And if you work hard for something that you can really achieve it.
1: I'd have to agree with Vishal, like being American is is having opportunity and no one can stand in your way. Like being here in America, there's so many more opportunities and different paths that we can take. Um, unfortunately, we're limited, but. Being American, there's nothing that you can't do, and I think that's exciting, and I'd like to be a part of that.
5: Yeah, um, in my opinion, just to obviously, I agree with everything that's already been said, but um, I feel like being American is being different. I mean, um, a lot of people would make fun of us for using, you know. Fahrenheit instead of Celsius and using um, like miles instead of kilometers. But it's that individualism that kind of sets us apart from a lot of different countries. And growing up in that environment where that individualism and um, that idea that if you work hard, you can get anywhere, um, just growing up in that environment, that was really instilled in me. And I feel like if I had that opportunity, I could maximize it. So um, I suppose that's just what all of us are fighting for.
3: I think uh, being American, really, it's just encompassing all the experiences we've had. Um, you know, many of us came when we, uh, Summer came when she was one years, one year old, Palomi came when she was five. So really just all the experiences that we've had and um, growing up and all of those really define what we are. And we are Americans, just not on paper, so.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think echoing what Michelle said, you know, we've we've been raised here, we've learned here. And, you know, from our first elementary school history courses, we've learned about US history, we've learned about how this country was founded on immigrants and we are those immigrants now just without the legal status. So in all the ways that matter, I think all dreamers, documented and undocumented alike are Americans and I feel American.
0: And I think that that's the thing is that the commonality between undocumented and documented is one thing. And that is, it wasn't your choice to come here. And that is ultimately the thing that I think for me is the the differentiator in why this is wrong is that it wasn't your choice to come here. Your parents brought you here for a better opportunity for them and for you. And yet once you turn 21, that opportunity is like, you know, whoop, gone. Right. And so I think for me, that's that's why I have gotten behind this as much as I have. Um, you know, I'm very thankful to, um, to to the guys who introduced me to, to deep and improve the dream.org. And, and when we sat down and did this call and I took my notes, I knew that this was the right group to get behind because it's organized. The message is clear. Can't dream. Can't dream for the opportunity that you see every day in front of you. And I think that if you were outside of these borders and you were dreaming about coming here, it's different. But you've been here. You've seen the opportunity that's that's in front of you. And so I know you guys have been advocating. I know, Deep, you've been working very hard. You've been organizing. But I also know that there are several other um, advocacy groups that are supporting uh, improvethedream.org. I know that there was a letter that was signed um, you know, back, I think it was, what, January 12th? And I'll, and I'll let you give the date and everything on that, that was addressed to uh, President Biden, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, and the transition team as a whole. But can you tell us a little bit about the letter, what you're currently working on, and what can everyone that's watching right now um, do to help you with this cause?
3: Absolutely. So uh, earlier this month, uh, we actually sent a letter to the transition team addressed to uh, President-elect, now President uh, Joe Biden and Vice President uh Kamala Harris, and uh, we made sure they did receive it. So this is with the the Biden policy immigration policy team uh, has seen the letter and we're hoping that we can um, get a meeting with the team as well. And what this letter uh, basically said was all children, both undocumented and documented, should be treated equally in all future protections in a DACA program or legislation such as the DREAM Act. And uh, I think it's an idea that everyone can get behind, and that's why we've been able to get support from a lot of national organizations as well. That letter had um, six other signatories, and um, some of them are quite prominent. Uh, Americans for Prosperity uh, was on it, uh, New American Economy, the Niskanen Center, and those are uh, in policy terms in Washington, D.C., those are known as big institutions, big organizations, and we're really happy to have their support. And I'm constantly working with them um, for their ideas and trying to um, see how we can help them and work together to get this issue known. And just to kind of let everyone know everything that's being worked on right now, there's kind of two two steps that uh, um, I'm kind of looking at guiding us uh, to take. So number one is, if anything can be done administratively, that must happen. So there's some talk about potentially having something like a parole in place program that could be possible. Um, there was a Cato Institute article recently by David Beer, who's, a, who's an amazing policy analyst. And um, this was one of his ideas on there. And then um, there's obviously the uh, initial filing dates that can be used instead of the final action dates for H4s. So that would help some of these documented dreamers in the H4 status. And that's something they can definitely do administratively. And then obviously if there is any new DACA program, um, they can obviously remove the requirement of having no status on the date that they announced the program. So we don't know if that's gonna happen, but those are things that we hope that the administration can definitely do. As far as legislatively, I think, uh, as I mentioned before, number one, if there's any sort of comprehensive bill happening, all of us have to be included in the pathway that's there for Dreamers. There's there's likely going to be some sort of an accelerated pathway, and it doesn't make sense to kind of leave us hoping for some of the other paths in the bill when there's this clear uh, three to five year uh, path to citizenship offered for other uh, Dreamers, and then. Um, What we're hoping is if there is no smaller Dream Act um, that happens um, or we're not included in that, that at least we can have like our own parallel bill that applies only to documented dreamers. And one idea that I've been advocating for uh, for the last couple of years is to permanently end this issue. Number one, we need to end aging out. So, you know, if you came here as a child and uh, at age 21, you shouldn't have to self-deport. So those mechanisms could be put in place. Obviously the work authorization as well. And then the third idea is if you came here as a child and you've been here for 10 years, after you graduate from college, essentially you should be able to get a green card and it should be an uncapped category. So that's something that uh, we've been pushing and I hope that that would be included in any uh, immigration reform bill.
0: Man, it's just so good to hear everything that you're working on. And and there was, um, I was just looking in the chat. There were some folks asking for the letter. The letter is on improve the at improve the dream on Twitter. Um, you can find it through me at the H one B guy on Twitter. I reshared and commented on uh, the letter uh, that's that's there and and visible. Um, so let me. Uh, gonna post I'll, I'll post the the twitter handle right now for improve the dream and you can find it in one of their their tweets there were some folks asking for it's a it.
3: pinned uh, tweet so you should be able yeah. to see it
0: so there there's uh there's the improve the dream uh tweet there it's in the um the chat uh i was just kind of reading through some of the chat and and i'll tell you i mean i think it's almost 200 comments that are in the chat tonight um we set a record here on this channel 125 plus we're at 115 right now um so this tells me that you guys have support your family and your friends that are coming to me right this platform to watch you guys um the thing that i've started off with and and then i want to get back to is that improve the dream.org slash survey if you have an aging out kid a documented dreamer under 21 they need to go register. We've got to get them on the Slack channel too. The best way to do that is through the survey. Okay. If you have questions, you can DM or contact me directly. Um, you can go to improve the dream.org. There's means to contact them, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, so please make sure uh, that, um, that you do that. Uh, Deep, you had something you wanted to say add about uh, Slack.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with the Slack group, so we, there's, um, Uh, The Improve the Dream Slack, I think we can post another link on here real quick. Someone will post it. But so we have a Improve the Dream uh, advocacy Slack group. And then we also have uh, partnered with another organization called uh, the Hidden Dream. Um, And... We'll send you the link for that as well and we on in that group we focus more on uh, providing resources and uh, professional opportunities for um, kids growing up under these statuses mm-hmm. so we'll post both of those links but really to help advocate the best thing that um, uh, everyone can do is get their kids involved just get them to join it um, you know there's no uh, set time commitment or anything like that it could be as simple as signing petitions or making a really quick call just being in that group, they'll be able to get some information from us and uh, connect with other individuals who, um, you know, have grown up in their situations and can also help them out.
0: So I have the hidden dream. That's kind of a crazy link. I think um, your friend size in the the chat deep and she's going to post, uh, looks like potentially some links. The other thing that we'll do, and, and I'll try to, um, I'll update the links in the description um, but in the description of this video is the Twitter, uh, improve the dreams survey, take action, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, and I'll add the Slack channel links, uh, into the description as well. Um, once, uh, deep sends those over to me, I, I'll, I'll get them posted out. The other thing is the chat that's going on right now. This is just live chat comments we need to make sure this video will publish tomorrow morning sometime and I'll tweet it out. We need to make sure that we hit the comments on it. Very important to help boost awareness there. Um, but we're coming up on an hour here and I just, I want to make sure that, that the message is not missed here. And that is the five of you who are willing to come on here and tell your story. I just can't thank you enough for allowing me to have you on, Um, you know, as someone who I could be Palami's parent. um, It resonates so much to know that, wow, a parent could be separated from their kid. And I think that that ultimately for me as a parent is, is, is why I'm willing to put this out there, why it's a bit of a reach for my channel, but it's not because it is an indirect, direct overlap. It just is. And so, you know, if it makes sense for us to do this more, meaning maybe a monthly basis, I'd love to have you five on again, if we want to highlight some new people, absolutely. Um, so we'll circle back on that and see if it makes sense. We can do an update on what improve the Dream's working on. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to challenge you on deep, and I'm going to challenge you, Summer, and you, Anog, and you, Vishal, and you, Palami, and this is right now, is that it, it is time to start raising money. I know you probably don't want to hear that, but I'm going to put it out there for the five of you to know that it's one thing to organize in numbers, very important to do that. But the dollar bills speak and it allows you to advocate with lobbyists and get in front of some people that you may not be able to do. So those of you that are watching, one of the things that I'm going to challenge you to do right now is make sure that you're emailing your House of Representatives Whatever congressional district you're in, even if you don't have voting rights, if, you're, if you live in their constituency, let them know that you do. Let them know that you support reform for documented dreamers and even undocumented dreamers if you do. Okay, that's up to you, but if you support one of these two causes, you have got to let your representatives know, and that starts with their staffers. So it's an email through their webpage, and you got to do that through your senators as well. Organizing in that. And it's very important that it isn't just the parents that are doing this. It's important that the kids, even if they're 14, 15, 16, even if they put together what I call a snackable, a 30 second video, and they email it to their leader about, hey, I'm Palami, I'm 14, and I age out in seven years, right? Um, You know, that there's power in that. And so I'm going to challenge all of you to to make sure that that one deep is time to raise money. Okay, you didn't know I was going to hit you up with this today, but this is who I am. I like to push and I like to promote. And so when it's time, I'm going to we're going to have you back on and we're going to ask people to open up their wallets for the right cause. Okay, so that's that's what I offer to you. If it makes sense for us to do a Documented Dreamer series live episode two. The platform is open for any of you and we can talk about that later. So I wanted to just give you guys an opportunity to give some closing remarks. I need to read the ad copy and then we'll we'll wrap it up here tonight. So um, Anag, I just want to start with you since you went last. to want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to have a closing remark here.
5: Sure. Um, yeah. So this is kind of a message to any potential legislators or whoever may be watching this at some point um, no matter who you are, we're on your team. Um, if you're a Republican or yeah, if you're a Republican, um, we contribute a lot to the economy and we support all the same things that, uh, you do on a lot of things that relate to like contribute, contributing that way. And if you're a Democrat, then we're also on your team because, um, we support undocumented workers. We support dreamers. We just want to be included on that. So no matter who you are, um, We're on your side, pretty much. Palami?
2: I wanted to uh, kind of send this out to all of the other documented dreamers out there. Um, Things sometimes don't seem like they're going to work out. Things can sometimes seem hopeless, but there are resources out there for you. And this is the time for you to take action. So talk to your legislators and contact all the people in power and let them know that you are an American and you want that legal status.
0: Vishal. Yeah,
4: um, I think, you know, what we're really fighting for here is, you know, to an end to the silent discrimination that all these kids are f- fighting for. Um, you know, we're not asking to be treated differently. We're not asking to be given explicit rights or, you know, dollars. We're just asking to be treated like the thousands of other kids who are brought here by their parents with a dream for a better life and to be given a path to residency um, without aging out and being forced to leave our family our friends and the place that we're going to call home. You know, it shouldn't matter how a child is brought here. These children should not be forced to abandon their goals because of their immigration status. And they deserve the same rights that the DACA recipients are given. So that's all I want to say. Thank you.
0: Uh, By the way, I I can't let this go um, unnoticed. Uh, uh, Ankur Patel says nobody likes Chelsea Vishal. And as we talked about, um, he's wrong. Uh, because you do, and I do, and uh, we're suffering right now. Um, but Summer said that uh, Chelsea's garbage right now. Well, we back to blue, okay? Things will get back. Uh, as I have said, they still have the uh, the best American footballer in the world on their team. So uh, we'll we'll see how it uh, how it transpires. But I'll tell you, I. A few years ago, we, we really got into Leicester City and that run that that Jamie Vardy was on, and you know his skill is just sometimes unmatched. And they are a fun attacking team to watch right now. I think that they've got another uh, another championship in their in their future. So, Summer, I mean, I just teed up the soccer right for you. Uh, what um what what would you like to close with tonight? Yeah, first
1: of all. Man United is the only way to go in the Premier League. Definitely not Liverpool that I'm seeing in the chat, definitely not Chelsea, I'm sorry, but Blue will never be the right way round to go. Uh, But I'd just like to thank you for having us on and giving us the opportunity to share our stories and um, bring light to a situation that not many people even know about, which is part of the problem. Um, And I think there's great power in testimony and I'd like to encourage There's thousands of other kids that are just like me and the others that are on this uh, live chat right now and share your story and bring awareness to it because you may feel alone, but you're not alone. There's so many of us um, and we deserve to be treated equally. And one day we will be.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. And uh, last but not least, deep.
3: Well, first, Rob, we want to thank you for letting us uh, use this platform to get the word out about Improve the Dream and everything that we've been working on. To all the parents and all the kids that may be watching, uh, please, please take that survey, improvethedream.org slash survey. I'll send you a Slack link and join the group, and um, I'll personally, like, help you guys get you know, learn how to contact your legislators and go to those meetings. And I'll even join those with you. We just need more people to do that. And I think we can really raise awareness about this. Uh, and then also there's uh, on the website, there's also a take action page, a call page with templates on there that you guys can use to raise awareness for this. Make sure to share with your friends. Um, and yeah, we just need uh, more more kids getting, uh, getting the word out about this and, um, Definitely follow us. Follow us
0: on sh- uh, social media for all the latest updates. There's the uh, the take action. There pretty pretty easy to find, and everything is just improve the dream. Um, add improve the dream on Twitter, um, and then you know Facebook and, and Instagram at add improve the dream. Um, I think Palami, are you you're managing the IG account? Is that right? So uh, they they've got a lot of different f- folks with their hands in it here, and um, I'm just really excited cuz I think when I first got connected with you, you didn't even have 100 subscribers on Twitter. I think we're at, you're over 600 and growing now. Um, I'd like to take a little bit of credit for that, but I can't take much because it's all you and the platform and the message behind it. I am just a vehicle for your guy's voice. Um and so Thank you. Um, I'm going to read this ad copy here, and then I'm going to close this out for uh, for the evening. So I just wanted to remind everyone that today's live stream is brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001. This national job board network provides recruitment websites in 1,024 major U.S. metro areas. Each local job board is its own portal and is a low-cost resource for immigration recruitment ads for all industries and professions with a flat price of 220 per ad, regardless of which city you choose. RecruiterNetworks.com has been the number one place for immigration attorneys, immigration ad agencies, and employers to meet the DOL requirements for the digital portion of the PERM advertisement rules. RecruiterNetworks.com. Tell them the H-1B guy sent you. My friend Richard's a great guy. He actually predicted some of what we call the thawing of the ice back before Christmas when I had him on the channel. You can go check that out. Um, And again, you know, in the description is all the connections for uh, Improve the Dream uh, here. Again, survey, take action. Um, But really, what I just want to leave everyone with here is a big thank you um, to the five of you for speaking up. Uh, There's power in your voice. And what we've done here tonight is hopefully give some courage to others to speak up um my door is always open for the five of you if i can ever help you um in any walk in in life as, as you navigate your opportunity here in this country i'm here for you guys um and i just wanted to ask everyone who's still watching like this video so that it gets promoted in youtube and so that the story and this message is not missed it's not about me and the h1b guy channel it's about improve the dream It's about documented dreamers and it's about doing the right thing for the future of our country. And so thank you guys very much. I just really appreciate you allowing me to have you on and tell this story. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Um, I'm the H1B guy, your global source for all things H1B, but most importantly, thank you to the kids from improvethedream.org. Everybody have a good night. Thank you.